Hello and welcome back to OMG Let's Talk. She is Doreen from the OMG. And he is Duke from the OMG. And that's definitely not the first time we practice that. No. Nope. No. Nope. So, hey, look at that, Doreen. We're in person. No more on Google Meet. Yep. You can see face to face now. Yep. Physically. Yep. So, how have you been? I've been pretty good. What about you? Uh, bored at home and uh, working for you. So <laughs> bored at home and working. Okay. Now, from the dog barking, you know that you have two dogs and a cat. Am I right? Yes, you're right. Yes. So, were you aware of the responsibilities you had to take when you adopted them? Uh, yes, I do actually because I've had dogs and cats and rabbits and turtles. Rabbits and turtles? Rabbits and she turtles. She has never told me that. Rabbits and turtles. I'm finding out for the first time as you are. Okay. Well, speaking about caring responsibilities, today's topic is on what to know before adopting a dog. First and foremost, do check if anyone in your household has allergy to any animals. In this case, it would be a dog or a cat. If you or a family member has never been around a dog or a cat, it's right to assume you or a member of your family might not know about the allergy. So, it's important that everyone meets your new fur kit prior to adoption to determine if an allergic reaction will occur. Now, Doreen, as I understand that adopting a dog is a really huge commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Indeed, um, it is a very, very huge commitment. So, the next biggest point to know before adopting is commitment. Yeah. When adopting a pet, no matter what kind of animal, sure. you are committing yourself to be his or her caregiver, for better or for worse. Therefore, love at first sight isn't enough. Don't just consider which dog is the cutest. While love at first sight is an appealing image to any potential pet owner, there are some things even more pressing to take into account. So first, are you financially capable to care for a dog? You need to be aware that your financial responsibility will include food, toys, grooming, veterinary visits, annual pet licensing, and more, which can amount to an extra 100 ringgit or more a month. Keep in mind, the cost will vary according to age, breed, and sex. So, how much do you spend on your pets, Duke? Uh used to be pets but uh, lately it's just a pet so on Rico she's quite expensive grooming is around 130 ringgit per month mm -hmm. and then you got her dog food which is around 200 ringgit mm -hmm. every three months and in between there's a medical fees uh, recently we had her uh, growth removed from the back mm -hmm. of her head the bill came to 2300 ringgit for a day in the hospital and including all the procedure and the scans and everything. So, mm. yep, it is really expensive. Yeah, every time the king uh, goes out and fight other cats, he'll come back with wounds and they'll cost us a few hundred bucks as well. Mm, yeah. So, you have. And this few hundred bucks will really accumulate into a large sum at the end of the month if the king keeps on doing like this. <laughs> That's why we lock everything lock all doors, all windows, but he still managed to find a way to escape. escape. Okay. He's an escape So artist. other than finance, do we, uh, anything else do we need to know about? 
uh, you will also need to ask yourself this question. Are you physically available to care for and spend time with your dog? If you travel a lot for work or are gone most of the day, is there someone who can care for your pet? You can ask your family or friends to pet sit for you when you're gone for a long period of time. However, if you can't find help, you will need to contact a reputable kennel or pet resort for animal sitting, which will add additional cost to your budget. So do you know how much uh, an animal sitting will cost? Um, last time I boarded Maru for 100 ringgit a day. A day? For how long? Two days. So total 200 ringgit? Total 200 ringgit. This included food? Food and stay, yep. Food and stay is 200 ringgit. So mm. you didn't have any family you can send Maru to? My family is in Kuantan. Okay. So I'll have to drive back to Kuantan and come back to KL. Because I actually went for a trip with my friend in Selangor. So I see. I didn't want to have to go back to Kuantan three hours, come back again to KL and go back again to pick him up and then come back again. Mm. That, that will cost more than the boarding itself. Okay. All right. All right. So we have covered financial mm. and we have covered uh, that you always have to be there for mm -hmm. your pet to take care. Uh, is there anything else from um, those two? Basically to keep love and care for because having a dog is for life. And that is really important. Having a dog is for life, not something you can cut loose when it inconveniences you, right? Right. Yep. That's how we end up with pet dumping, which we will cover on another topic. Okay. So, Duke. So, Darin. What's so, so, Duke? Do you know how to make your house pet friendly? Yes, I had two dogs and I'm pretty sure I know how to make my house pet friendly. Okay, before bringing home your dog, Make sure your house is in a conducive environment. Make sure that the floor is clean. Yep, your floor is quite clean. You sure? Yep, and any furniture top that your dog can reach is clear. Something simple like chewing gum or Panadol mm -hmm. could be really detrimental to their health. Okay? Okay, got it. Okay, as I know that when you bring in a new dog, mm -hmm. they have an adjustment period. Yes. Moving on, you need to know that there is an adjustment period for your new dog. They might be anxious, scared, excited. Do you remember how your pets reacted when they first came to your house? Yes, I do, Darin. For Pooch, mm -hmm. we got her the first. Mm -hmm. when, she, when we brought her home the first day, she was really scared mm -hmm. and she didn't move around much and she hid under we had the shoe rack, mm -hmm. which had a very small opening and she would hide under it and then she refused to come out. After a few hours, she then crawled out mm -hmm. and then I can't remember after that what happened, but she got used to it. Uh, Rico, on the other hand, when we brought her home on the first day, she was like walking around the whole house mm -hmm. for a few uh, minutes and then she'll sit. She'll just lay down and then she'll get back up, walk again and then she'll sit. So she paced around. Yeah. So she did that for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And then somehow she just, I can't remember the exact transition, mm -hmm. but she managed to get used to it. And now she runs around the whole house. Happily. Yeah. Not uh, anxious. How about for you? For me, Mr. Gwing, as you know, he's most likely abused before yeah. he was rescued. So... The first few days, the first week, he was very scared. Okay. Um, 
but he can't move because he's paralyzed on all four back then. So even if you lift, like when we lifted a chair above him, he'll scream really loudly as though someone's torturing him. But we're just lifting the chair. Yeah, the chair. After I think maybe one or two weeks, uh-huh. then he started to warm up to us, and the biting also reduced. Yeah, but I had to wear gloves. I had to wear gloves to carry him. The biting reduced, but didn't go away completely. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't. The biting reduced. Uh, this year, touch wood, he didn't bite me yet. Is this even wood? Uh, yes, this is wood. Okay. Yeah, that's green. Then he, he warmed up. And now he's a very manja boy. Oh, is it? Mm. Okay. He's a very manja boy. Um, Maru is actually a confident puppy. Uh-huh. When, during the first few hours, he warmed up quite quickly. Quickly. Okay. Um, because I was staying with my cousin, so my cousin has like, had six dogs. Wow. Yeah, six dogs. So, including mine, so we had eight dogs in the house. <laughs> that must be one big house. <laughs> no, it's just a townhouse. <laughs> okay. And uh, King Orangey, he chose the house, so there was no getting so there was no getting used to it because he, he knew that. Uh, no, when he came into the house, Maru is still back in Kuantan. Gwing is still back in Kuantan, so okay. they haven't actually met each other. I introduced him to Maru first for a few hours. That was like a standoff. Uh-huh. Both of them wanted to like uh, Orangey kept hissing at Maru. Yeah. And Maru just wants mm. to just like uh, lounge forward. forward. Yeah. So yeah, it was quite difficult for an adult cat to get used to an adult dog. And then another adult dog a few months later. But yay! yay. You managed to do it. <laughs> I did, but they're still not very close to each other. It's just that they don't bother each other. They respect each other's okay. space. Yeah, it's, it's good enough. As long as they don't fight, it's good enough. Okay, so uh, furthermore, do expect uh, night cries for pets during their first day in their new home. Mm-hmm. Choose a comfortable spot, yep. such as a dog bed and enclosed kennel, mm-hmm. or in my case, my sister's queen-size bed for Rico. I thought it's yours. No, she doesn't like my sing- super single bed. She prefers oh. the queen-size bed, okay. so she can stretch out. Good choice, good choice. <laughs> so. This will make them feel safe and let that be their permanent spot till they get used to it. Mm. Now, if you're like Doreen and already have a pet, uh, bringing new pets to your home might be a little difficult and tricky as you need to make sure that they don't feel threatened by each other. Mm. And uh, we will cover about this in more detail, maybe in the next topic. Mm. Yes. Because uh, it will drag on because I think there's a lot of procedures. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely definitely a lot of procedure. Okay. Especially when you get an adult cat to get used to an adult dog, like what I told you just now. Alright, <laughs> moving on. Mm-hmm. Shall we talk about training? Yes, we, we should talk about, about training. And this is not the training where if you saw our OMG video on TikTok where Doreen will ask Gwing and Maru to hold and then go and then they'll start eating the food. It's not that training we're talking about. And then they'll about. start showing you the sour face like, can you please arrange the mandarins faster? Can you please do it faster? They're like judging me, slowly arranging the mandarins into the Chinese word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and you can see Gwing sour face like you're doing it so slow. My humans. So we're not talking about that kind of training. So what kind of training are we talking about, Doreen? House training. Yes, that's the training we're talking about. It is essential for you to start the training immediately. So younger dogs, they will pick up the training faster okay. than older ones, but it does not mean that the older ones, um, you cannot train the older ones. You still can train older dogs. So house break breaking, which is teaching your pet where to relieve itself, is probably one of the most important parts of training. You'll have a much easier time maintaining your home's cleanliness and condition when your pet is successfully housebroken. Yes, um, for my own experience, for Rico and Pooch, uh, I was kind of lucky to have a house with a huge backyard. So most of the time, we'll just let them out into the backyard. They will go on the grass and then let instincts, their inner doggy instincts take over and then they'll re relieve themselves and then they'll come back in. That kind of became a habit. So every time they want to relieve themselves inside the house, they will go to the, uh, the door, like how King Orangey was doing just now. And they would scratch the door and then we'll know, oh, they want to go out to relieve them. We'll just open the door and then they'll go out, do their business and come back in. But for Rico, it's a, a bit different because she stays inside the house. Pooch stays outside the house. So of course, Pooch is free to go and relieve herself anytime. But for Rico, we had to train her how to go on that potty, that potty pad. Yeah, the pet shop, they gave us this like a liquid serum. It kind of has a scent. So we had to put that on the pad and then Rico got the scent and she did what was advertised on the bottle, go on the pad. And after a few times of doing that, she got used to it. So she will constantly, whenever she needs to go and we are not there to open the door, she will go on the pad and relieve herself. And then one fine day, we thought, hey, the pad is getting old. We should change a new one. So we put a new one there. She refused to go on that. She ran on the floor. Oops. Why did she change her smell? She must be wondering, why did you change my smell? Because if you don't know uh, pad or pampers, they do not biodegrade well. Mm. Yeah, true. So they end up on the landfills and mm. just stay there. Mm. So in my house, we actually don't use the pad. We mm. used when she was in training. After that, we removed the pad and she goes on the bare plastic. Mm. And then we just spray it down. Mm. So what happened was the urine, which is acidic, mm. ate through the plastic oh. and stuck on it. So it was about time to change it. So that's why we changed it. But she didn't want to go on the new one. So we had to put back the old one and then she continued going on that as normal. So if you want a new untouched pad, you can always give me a call. <laughs> I have one. No, Just no sitting thanks. and doing nothing at home. No, thanks. Mine um, goes to the toilet outside. You, you saw the patch of grass in front of my house. Yeah, that's, that's their toilet. Oh, okay. So they will uh, scratch the door, is it, when they want to go? Um, they, they have like a schedule. Oh, okay. But if they really want to go, they, they will like sort of signal me. Okay. So Maru will stick really close to the door, like like sticking his head, the entire body close to the door. That's uh -huh. when he wants to go poo. Okay. That's his sign that he uh, to show that he wants to go out to relieve himself. Uh -huh. Wing, on the other hand, he will bark down the entire house to let you know that he wants to either pee or do his big business. Yeah. So yeah, Orangey has his own toilet, so... The uh, litter, yeah, litter box. Yeah, the, the litter box. Okay. So on the other hand, if yes. you allow your dog to relieve itself anywhere in your home, 
know that its urine can damage the wooden flooring, yeah. um, stained carpeted rooms, Ouch. as well as leave like a lingering odor. On a side note, the best types of flooring to handle dog urine are stone, porcelain, or ceramic, tile, vinyl, bamboo, and cork. So if you're getting a, buying a new house, if you're doing renovation, you can consider yeah. this, this material. If you aren't sure how to manage and train new puppies, okay. the SPCA actually runs a four-hour dog care program for first-time pet owners. From what I read, you can try places like Puppycom Dog Training School or Canine Professional Dog Services. These places accept grown-up dogs for obedience programs. Okay. Doreen? Mm, yes, Duke. Shall we move on now to responsibilities of being a dog owner? So what are the responsibilities? Oh my god, there are plenty of responsibilities. But for today, we're just going to cover a few responsibilities. So apart from feeding, exercise, healthcare, and the aforementioned training, bringing your dog into your neighborhood comes with a certain set of duties. In fact, local municipal council have outlined the responsibilities of dog owners, some of which are number one, ensuring that doggy waste products are cleaned frequently with water and the cleaning water does not flow into your neighbor's home. Two, keeping the home clean and free from dog odors. Uh, this is a personal taste. If you like the way your dog smells, then sure, why not don't clean your house? Uh, three, prevent dogs from loud and continuous barking. I don't know if you have noticed from today's video and podcast. Uh, and finally, the most important one, getting a dog license. Now, Doreen, a dog license is really important to make sure that your dog is not catched by your local council, right? Mm -hmm. It's important, um, but depending on which state in Malaysia you live in, the conditions for obtaining a dog license will differ. Yeah, of mm. course. Um, most municipalities will insist that dogs be vaccinated against rabies and that licenses need to be applied as soon as the puppies turn three months old. For landed residential properties that measure at 1,000 square feet and below can house one to two dogs while homes larger than that may keep up to four dogs. Right. For high-risk residential properties, you're required to check with the building management if they allow pets in their building and the required paperwork. So here is some information from a couple of municipal councils regarding licenses. But always please do check their websites for the most updated information. This information that we got is as of today, right? So if you live in Subang Jaya, you can go to Majlis Perbandaran Subang Jaya. You will need to apply for a dog license with a certificate of vaccination against viruses such as canine distemper, parvovirus, okay, and hepatitis. The license will cost around RM20 for dogs that have been neutered and RM100 for those that aren't. It used to be RM10 and RM20 respectively. However, a member of Dog Lovers of Malaysia group on Facebook uh, shared the updated pricing information. It's 20 ringgit for spayed dogs and 100 ringgit for non-spayed dogs. Note that if you live in any kind of mid or high-rise buildings, which includes shop lot houses, 
you are not technically allowed a dog at home and no licenses will be issued. This is for Subang Jaya. Mm. Uh, how about Petaling Jaya? So in Petaling Jaya, licenses is charged 30 ringgit for one year, 60 ringgit for two years, and 90 ringgit for three years. The documents required are a picture of the dog, certificate of vaccination, house and owner's IC. So what about DBKL since you're living in... Close to my heart. Yeah. Okay. So for DBKL, uh, please do check uh, Dewan Bandaraya Kuala Lumpur. But here's the shot. If you live in Kuala Lumpur flat or condo, you may still keep one small dog weighing 7 kilogram or under. The city hall has listed the breeds considered small as toy poodle and chihuahuas amongst others. As always, do check official websites of your respective municipal council for more information on dog license applications. Now that you have brought your dog into your house, I think it's time to introduce him to the neighborhood. Yes. So Darin, what can you tell us about introducing our dogs to our neighborhood? Let's talk about walking your dog first. Okay. Okay. So when you take your dog out for walks, remember to always keep your dog on a leash if your neighborhood isn't pet friendly. But even if your neighborhood is pet yeah. friendly, I would recommend you to put your dog on, on a leash. Walking them around your neighborhood will help them get familiar with the area and find their way home more easily if they get lost. So spend like 30 minutes, walk around the neighborhood. Mm. Um, the next day, pick a different route so that when your dog get lost, it'll be easier for them to find their way home. So alternatively, you can take your dogs to a dog-friendly park, um, like BU Park. There's a park city for a little fresh air. You might also want to consider looking for a home that is pet-friendly to begin yeah. with. So both you and your pet can enjoy living there together. Okay. So Darin, this is something I didn't know before writing this topic. Did you know that there are banned and restricted dogs in Malaysia? Yes, I do. Okay, because I didn't know. <laughs> so, uh, Malaysia has a list of breeds which have been banned. Uh, these include, I've got to read this because I can't memorize this. Akita, American Bulldog, American Pitbull Terrier, Neapolitan Mastiff, Japanese Tosa, Dogo Argentino, Fila Brasilirio, and Stafford Bull Terrier. There will be no licenses issued and you are not allowed to keep these pets at home. Now, there's another list called control dogs. Did you know that, Terrain? No. Yes. yes, I don't. Okay, that makes both of us. So, these breeds in this list are the English Bull Terrier, Rottweiler, Doberman, Fincher. Am I saying that right? Fincher. 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 Fin Finch. Okay, this is not Finch. an English class. Bull Mastiff. Canary Dog and the German Shepherd. You are allowed to adopt them but under special stipulations. Firstly, they will need to undergo training called the Canine Good Citizen. You can find more about this on DBKL's uh, website. Before the owners are issued a license, you will also need to keep your home fenced up properly. Put up a clear sign that says Beware Doggo. Uh, Beware Dog. Signs at the front and back of your home. Now, after listening to everything we said and you know that you are ready to handle the commitment and capable of meeting the needs of a dog, then you can head on over to an animal shelter like our featured shelter, Manman Furry Sanctuary, to get your bundle of joy. 
They have many doggos just waiting to be adopted. Yes, they do. A lot. So alternatively, here is a list put together by Paramount, Time Out and Flash Care of shelters and NGOs that you can visit. Due to time constraint, mm -hmm. we won't be reading those lists right now because we have taken a lot of your time. Yep. So please do check the description for the links of the list. And with that, we have reached the end of the episode. Yay, finally! Such a long episode, the longest so far. We hope that you got all the information you were looking for to know if you're prepared to adopt a dog. And if you are, just go ahead and adopt one. But if you are not, then just wait a couple of years until you are ready. Then you can proceed to adopt a dog. <laughs> Next week, we'll talk about what to know before adopting a cat, which yeah. is something out of my league. So you will do most of the talking then. Okay, I'll try my best. So thank you for listening. Take care and we will be back in your ears next week. Bye! Bye.